Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom, welcome back to another episode. And today we're talking about how strict you need to be when you're macro counting. And so if you have ever wondered the following questions, then this episode is definitely for you. So have you ever thought tracking a family meal is so freaking time consuming and confusing? How accurate do I really need to be? Do I track spray butters and olive oils? Do I really have to weigh everything out in grams? Do I have to measure out everything raw first? Does it really matter? Does it really count? Do I use a scale or measuring cups? Does that matter? Do I hit have to hit all my macros to the gram for this to work? Do I have to weigh out all my veggies? And the question or the answer actually to a lot of these might surprise you. It probably is going to give you a little sigh of relief and realizing that in order to get great results with macro counting, you don't have to be perfect. So this is a misconception that when I work with women that I have to help them to wrap their heads around, especially if they are somebody that is in a perfectionist mindset or thinking I have to do everything perfect in order to see results. And the truth is, and the good news is, that unless your goal is to walk on stage in a bikini competition and get to really low, sometimes even unhealthy body fat percentages, you don't have to be strict with your macros. You don't. You can have a laid back approach. And that is what I teach my clients. So it's kind of funny you would think that I would be teaching them, you know, how to be as accurate as possible. But really, a lot of my coaching is finding a balance, especially as a mom, because the whole point is showing a macro county lifestyle that you can sustain, something that works with your mom life. And the truth is, if you have to be so strict with macro counting, it's probably not going to work with your mom life. And so the good news is you can have a laid back approach. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. I'm going to give you some more tangible things as to what you really should focus on. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you're going to have a sigh, you're going to breathe a sigh of relief. You're going to feel like, okay, macro county is definitely something that is more doable. It's more on my court. It's actually going to help you to relax a little bit about this. And the good thing is also, or actually I already said the good thing, but the other point that I wanted to, to really help you hone in on, if you are somebody that has a perfectionist mindset or maybe in the past you've had a coach that was a, for uh, doing macro counting with you and they had you do everything or you thought you had to do everything perfect um, and then to the point where it just was unobtainable to upkeep or you got really frustrated and you're just like, screw it, I'm not going to do this anymore. The thing is, guys, 
that I have learned, I have realized that it's better to take imperfect action than no action at all. And so realizing, I hope that you can overcome this this self-limiting belief that you have to do everything perfect to see results because that is going to hold you back. You're better off not even doing macro counting 100%, right? And doing something versus completely falling off and doing nothing at all. And so let's talk about what are some of those things. And before I even talk about that, I kind of wanted to also explain while sometimes macro counting could get a bad rep in the sense that it's a really restrictive diet. And the thing is that a lot of people, the way they teach macro counting is the way that they've been taught or the way that they had to use the approach. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And what I mean is a lot of people that teach macro counting have done bikini comp their bikini comp done bikini competitions or their bikini competitor and to in order to look stage lean they have to be very accurate with their macros they have to weigh everything out they have to be precise and that is the approach that they need to take to get that result but for myself or women I work with, more than likely, if you're listening to this, you fall in this camp too. We're not trying to get where you can see every single muscle in our body and be like ridiculously lean. What we're looking for is we want to, you know, have a smaller stomach. We want to have a slim stomach. We, you know, maybe some ab definition, right? Maybe a little definition in our arms and our legs, but we're not looking to be extremely low body fat percentage. So because what our end goal is different than, you know, that of a bikini comp competitor, we don't have to approach macro counting in the same way. And so that's what makes it so much easier to upkeep and do and actually make it a lifestyle. Like I've been doing macro counting for six years now. And I, you know, it works for me and I've learned a way of how to find that balance, you know, find that balance as a mom where I don't become obsessive about weighing everything out. I don't become obsessive about hitting my macros to the gram where I can find a balance that it's just doable with my life and it just kind of, it it works, you know, a lot better. So now let's talk about some of these these questions, you know, in the beginning of the episode, let's start addressing some of this. So one of the things that really hangs women up a lot when it comes to macro counting is how do I track a family meal? It's really easy for them. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I was going through. It's really easy to do um, like breakfast or lunch when it's very simple, right? Like if you're doing a simple meal just for yourself and it's just um, not like a, for example, like a casserole dish for dinner, right? For like a family meal. And so a lot of women will get caught up in that because they're like, I can't accurately measure everything out in this casserole. So what the approach that they will do when they do macro counting is they're going to just, you know, veggies, just chicken or rice, veggies, I mean, yeah, veggies, chicken or rice and, and have like, and there's nothing wrong with those simple staple meals. And they're great. And they have a place and they're like, we should have simple meals like that. But we should also have the flexibility if we want to do a casserole at night, or we want to do something different that that's there without overcomplicating it. And so it does get complicated. If you're trying to measure everything out to the gram, and you're trying to do macro counting perfect, 
that you're going to get hung up at dinner time when it's something that is not as very simple. And there's a couple of approaches to this. And I'm going to be completely flat out honest with you guys as somebody that's been doing macro counting for six years and somebody that, I mean, I, I'm pretty lean body fat percentage to like, I feel like I look pretty decent, right? And so I have uh, never, I've never ever weighed out a dinner. I, I don't do that when it's a casserole, when it's something that is like mixed together or um, something where I can't individually weigh out. Like I don't, I don't weigh it. Like I don't, what I will do guys, this is what I do. And if you've ever used one of my recipes, you might kind of be familiar with this process is I put my recipes into my fitness pal and I do it by whole ingredients. So I'm going to put all the ingredients for the whole recipe in my fitness pal, right? Divided by the number of servings. Most of my recipes are four servings. And like, say if it's a casserole dish, guess what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to eyeball it. I'm going to like try my best to, you know, make those four portions pretty uh, evenly. But that's all I do. I don't I don't weigh it out. Like if you want it to be really accurate, what you would do is you would get the total weight of the dish and then you would divide that total weight by the number of servings. So say it's um, like a thousand grams or whatever the dish is, then you divide that by four, then you would whatever that is, then you would measure that out on your plate. The only thing that kind of gets annoying is you have to pre you have to measure the dish first without the, without the meal in it, and then you would have to measure the meal with the dish right and subtract that to get the actual weight of just the 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 food and not like the dish that you made it in right um so that would be the other option but i i've never done that i don't do that and i never have and and i've gotten really great results and women i've worked with have gotten really great results without having to do that and so i hope that kind of gives you a little peace of mind you know and i want you to think about it this way too if you are weighing out everything else in your day and it comes to dinner time and then you eyeball dinner and you're fairly accurate with it, it might not be perfect, you're still going to be in the ballpark of macros, right? And then the next question is, do I track spray butters and olive oils? Like if it isn't a spray, I don't. If it's something where I have to measure out in teaspoons and tablespoons, yeah, because that's going to add up a lot. But from what I remember is one one second of a spray is is like 10 calories, okay, whenever you're cooking. And, you know, if you're just using it to coat the dish for whatever you're going to cook, right, you're going to cook a whole meal in this one pan and you just sprayed olive oil in there for a couple of seconds, like it's really not enough calories to really make a huge difference. And that's another thing too, guys, when you're macro counting, you don't have to hit all the all everything down to the gram on your macros for it to work. You can stay. What I teach people or the women I work with is to like you stay within a range, and it and the range is good enough. Like it's it's gonna get you in the ballpark of what you need to get results. So it's a very flexible, laid back way of macro counting. Um, the next thing is, do I really have to weigh everything in grams? No, you don't. I would recommend as much as you can to weigh things in grams, but you can use measuring cups, you can use tablespoons, um, but of course the most accurate way is gonna be in grams. So the more you can weigh in grams is great, but when we're doing, even when we're doing like a family meal, this is this is the approach that I, I take, you know, is dinner time is a time for you to be a little bit more flexible. 
right? Because the whole point of making macro counting work as a mom is that you're going to eat dinner with your family. So focus all your macros for the day around dinner first and have the flexibility, right? Have dinner be that flexible meal. You measure it out with measuring cups. You know, don't be, you don't have to be exactly accurate. Maybe with the meat, you're going to weigh that out in ounces or whatever. And then like other ingredients, you're going to do measuring cups and measuring spoons. And it's good enough, especially if the rest of the day, you're doing things in a more dialed in approach, right? You're you're weighing out things to the gram. You're actually really tracking very well throughout the day. And then dinner's a little flexible. You're still going to be fine. You're still going to fall in that ballpark of the macro goals that you want. And so having that kind of approach to dinner time really helps you to be consistent with eating with your family and not thinking or feeling like you have to eat a separate meal. And then that's another thing I need to probably do a podcast on is how like some little hacks and things of how to macro count with dinner time, because there are a few things that I can recommend to you that will help you to, um, you know, eat dinners with your family with macro friendly meals and even meals that aren't even macro friendly, Like, How do we kind of alter those things that where a recipe can be more macro friendly, but that's for, that's for another podcast. The next thing I wanted to address is do I have to measure everything out raw first? You know, this is something um, when you are measuring things out, a lot of like, if you're going to work with somebody that is like a bikini competitor, they're going to tell you, yes, you have to measure everything out raw, Uh, your pastas, your meats, everything like that. But I'm going to share something else with you guys. Do I do that a lot of times? Nope. So what I do is if um, I can, I do measure things out raw. If not, then I'm going to enter them in cooked. Yes, the cooking changes the density of food. So um, it usually will change. So from something raw to something cooked, we'll lose about 25% of the density or the the weight of the food. Um, But still, it's giving you a pretty good ballpark estimate, especially with chicken. Things that aren't really high in fat content aren't going to change that much in density unless you're like, grilling or burning the heck out of it and it's just drying the shit out of it then the density is going to change a lot but a lot of the times with my chicken I measure it afterwards right I, I'll do afterwards and so what you're going to do is when you enter it in in my fitness pal you're going to type in cooked chicken breast right because most of the times when you are entering things into my fitness pal it's going to be the raw version so you want to make sure that it is cooked Um, another thing, another little tip is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't have ground beef. Like, you know, it's, it's, um, gonna make me go over my fat macros. So one thing I do, and I really recommend is drain it, drain it really good. Maybe if it's like in a dish with sauces or it's going to be put into sauces and stuff, rinse it out. Um, in, you know, uh, drain it, rinse it, put it in the dish. If it's something where you're just going to be eating it as is, then maybe drain it and blot it, you know, so it doesn't completely lose all of its, its flavor because the fat does hold a lot of, of the flavor, but you could do that, right? It's, and then when you enter it into my fitness pal, you can search, you can search, um, you know, 80, 20 ground beef drained and rinsed, right? And so that's going to get you in the good ballpark of what that's going to be like. And that's going to cut down on some of those fat calories. Um, Next thing is, do I have to use a scale or a measuring cup? I kind of addressed that. Of course, the scale measuring in grams is always going to be most accurate. So what I would recommend is trying to measure out on a scale things that are solid, right? Like, you know, your meat, 
um, your veggies, things like that. And then use a measuring cup for things that are liquid. And the reason being is because if something is solid and you're putting a measuring cup, especially if it's like diced up or something like that, there's a bunch of space, empty space, right? And so it's not really, it, it kind of messes with the accuracy even more when it when it's like that, you know? Um, so of course, if you can use the scale first, but use measuring cups for things that are liquid and do the best you can, right? Um, and now do you have to hit all your grams to the macros for this to work, right? Do you have to hit all your macros at the gram for this to work? And like I said earlier, you don't. And so what I recommend, if you are somebody that is macro counting, you already have your custom macros and things, is t- staying within 10%, I mean 10%, I'm sorry, 10 grams, give or take of your protein goal, 10 grams, give or take of your carb goal, and five grams, give or take of your fat goal. And that will usually get you in a good ballpark, right? So that is what I recommend. That's what I do. And then even then, sometimes, guys, my protein, my fats and carbs can be off. But as long as my protein is high and I hit my protein, I stay within my calories, I'm good. So sometimes there might be days where if I ate something a little bit more heavier and fat, like I ate more fats that day, then I might cut some of those calories back in my carbs. And as, but I always hit my protein. I always make protein a priority. I always try to stay at least 50, like around 50 calories within my calorie goal. And, you know, that gets me in a good ballpark because that's what matters the most when you're trying to see weight, uh, um, results, especially weight loss is staying within your calorie goal and hitting your protein. And if you could do those two things, you're going to see great results, even if your carbs and your fats are fluctuating. Okay, so it's kind of like having that mind, healthy mindset that we don't have to be perfect. There is some room for error, but there are some guidelines that we do want to stay within in order to make progress and to keep seeing results. Right. So that is um, pretty much what I have to say about how strict do you need to be with macro counting. So at the end of the day, as you can see, there is flexibility for macro counting depending on the destination you're trying to get to. So, for example, let me kind of put it into this way. If you are somebody that is trying to, a woman that is trying to get to a goal of 20 to 25% body fat, somewhere around there, and that's like, that's an athletic, you're going to look good, you're going to look fit, you're going to look athletic at that point, you're going to have muscle definition, maybe some little ab definition. If you're trying to get to a body fat like that, and that's usually most women, that's kind of like the goal then you can have a flexible approach. Now, it's when we try to get like 18% and below when we're really trying to lean out and trying to get like that really strong muscle definition where you see all your muscles and everything, then of course you're gonna have to dial things in. It's just like anything like, you know, if you have weight to lose, you might be able to like cut out some, cut out cokes or cut out a couple of things, and it starts to get weight loss moving. But the closer that you get, or the the lower body fat percentage that you get, yeah, you got to do dial things a little bit more. At one, at a certain point in time, you know, cutting out junk food isn't going to work anymore. You're going to have to dial things in with like macro counting, right? But if you are trying to get to that goal where you're about 20, 25% body fat, you can do 
what I just explained to you. You can do this more laid back, flexible approach to macro counting. And guess what? When you do that and you take that pressure off of yourself, you're more likely to upkeep this and keep doing this and make this a lifestyle. And that's really where the results are. That's really where finally keeping the weight off instead of like, you know, doing this yo-yo thing of gaining and or losing and gaining, losing and gaining the same 10 to 15 pounds. Um, a lot of the times it's not you. It's not a, a, it's not a you problem. It's not a willpower problem. It's not a motivational problem. It's just, you have not found an approach that you can consistently stick to. And that's really the magic and keeping the weight off, getting results that stick is making that lifestyle change. And when we have these super high unrealistic expectations in a diet or a diet has these unrealistic expectations on ourselves, guess what? It's only a matter of time before you're going to, um, drop that. It's not going to work long term because you're trying to willpower the whole time through that and that's only going to last so long. And so this is where we kind of fall into this problem of gaining and regaining the weight because we're pushing, pushing, pushing to lose the weight and then we burn out and then we gain the weight back because we fall off. And it's not a reflection of us. It's a reflection of the approach and that we have, that the approach is not working for us, right? Because if you feel like you have to come like it's always motivating to have to like get through something and you're willpowering the whole time and it's just like your body is fighting you the whole time it's not an approach for you um so i hope that inspired you to take a look at macro counting again if maybe in the past it didn't work out maybe you had hired a coach and they had these unrealistic expectations or or you know maybe she was a competitor and she was trying to teach you macro counting like a competitor when you really didn't care to compete in a bikini competition you just wanted to look good you wanted to feel confident in a bikini or confident, you know, um, during intimacy or, you know, those just those things in life, like just becoming more confident as a mom. Um, then I want you to really reconsider macro counting and what that could possibly mean for you in your life. And then maybe if you're stuck this, you know, and you need to take things to the le- next level and you're looking at macro counting, well, hey, here you go. Now you know you do not have to be super dialed in in order to see great results. So I'm going to leave you with that. Actually, you know what I'm going to leave you with is if you are interested in learning about macro counting or you are looking to get custom macros, I am going to be doing something in my Facebook group where I'm going to walk the ladies in there how to do their own custom macros. Like basically what I do as a uh, nutritionist when I do people's macros and how you could do that for yourself. And if that's something you're interested in, then you need to go ahead and hop in my Facebook group. It's called um, Macros for Moms. Hold on, let me see. Let me see what the link is. You know what? I'm going to drop the link actually in the show notes. But if you just type in macros for a mom, you're going to find it in in Facebook, right? So go ahead, join the Facebook group and, you know, get get in there. If you're wanting to sign up for the, you'll probably see it in there. It's probably going to be a pin post in there or an event. And yeah, I want to invite you to come join the group. Check that out. But as always, like I always say, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now, guys. What if you could lose weight and transform your body without cooking yourself separate dinners from your family, without meal replacement shakes, or without cutting out all carbs? 
macro counting is a lifestyle that can give you all of that and it's a diet that actually fits into your mom life, not another restrictive diet that you have to work your mom life around. And I've been using macro counting for the past five years to stay fit and stick to my goals as well as help other moms do the same. It can truly be life-changing if you are ready for it. And that is why I put together a free, simple, and quick guide that walks you through five questions that will help you know with clarity if you are ready to start your macro county lifestyle. So go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash get started. That's mamasnewstrong.com forward slash get started or see the link in the show notes. So go and grab this guide so you can find out if you are ready to confidently start your macro county lifestyle today.